Hello everyone, my name is Andrew Kistner and I am the Director of Marketing at the Oxford Center and I'm the host of Talk Talks podcast. And today we have a very special guest to talk to us about uh, cerebral palsy, as you may or may not know. Um, March is the Cerebral Palsy Awareness Month and the Oxford Center has treated uh, several patients in the past, uh, even probably currently uh, with cerebral palsy, has shown great success. and. Uh, we wanted to kind of give you some information on how we treat cerebral palsy and um, you know what uh, people can kind of see from that. So this is just kind of segment one of, of one of our uh, treatment plans. And uh, our guest today is Emily Kistner. Uh, if you've noticed, we do have the same last name. She is my wife. And we both work at the Ashford Center. Uh, I, she's incredibly qualified to talk about this. But in addition to her qualifications as a nurse, we also have a daughter named Gracie who has cerebral palsy. So uh, she knows a lot about it and uh, we're gonna dive right into it and uh, interview her a little bit and hopefully learn a few things. So welcome, Emily. Thank you. Um, so the first question I have for you is maybe not everyone knows what cerebral palsy is. What is cerebral palsy? And if you can kind of go over other different types, you know, what is it exactly? Um, so cerebral palsy is essentially an injury to the brain. It can happen at any point during pregnancy, during the birth process, or even um, after a pregnancy. So there are a couple different types. Um, I would say probably the most well-known ones are the spastic cerebral palsy, where you tend to have um, your limbs are spastic, you have some rigidity. Um, and also there's hypotonic cerebral palsy, where you have low tone, you tend to be more floppy. Oh, interesting. Okay. So if you wouldn't mind, even though I know the answers to these questions, tell me a little bit about Gracie and kind of your journey with her and cerebral palsy. Um, all right. So um, I don't even know where to begin. It's been such a long journey. Um, so we first started to notice that Gracie had delays around six months. And with her pediatrician, we were just watching them. She was kind of floppy, had... Um, poor head or uh, neck tone, so she had head lag. Um, so we just started watching it, and around nine months it still continued. So we decided to start some physical therapy. Um, around 12 months we really started to get more into the physical therapy more regularly, and just because the delays were still continuing, the developmental delays, the physical delays, everything. Um, so, man. It's been a long time since I recounted this journey. <laughs> I get it. Um, so we just continued there. You know, she continued to make make progress, but it wasn't meeting those milestones still. Um, around two years old, we started to notice some, some cognitive concerns, some um, spasms that she was having. So we saw a neurologist and a PMNR doctor and a geneticist, and essentially everything kept coming back normal. Around three years old, we saw a developmental delay pediatrician. And within five minutes of walking into her office, actually probably less than that, she said, I reviewed all the paperwork and I'm diagnosing her with hypotonic cerebral palsy, which was a shock to me because up until that point, everybody just kept saying, she'll probably catch up. Yeah. She's just taking it her time. She'll probably catch up. So having that diagnosis was something I wasn't prepared for. And it's just something so definite about that. And that instantly changes your your outlook on life and your plan for life and your plan for Gracie and everything. So um, we were told there's no treatment for this other than therapies. Yep. And therapy we did. <laughs> so <laughs> We did. We hit, um, we hit the ground running for therapies. I remember um, you know, that was the only treatment option that we had. There wasn't like a, a pill or a you know program that we could put her on to help recover from this or to, you know, really gain progress. So we jumped into therapy. How many therapies were you going to uh, for Gracie? Um, 
So we've, we tried so many different things. We tried speech therapy, occupational therapy, hippotherapy, aquatic therapy, regular physical therapy, chiropractor, craniosacral massage. I mean, anything right. that we could, I, I tried. Yeah. So I'm just taking her somewhere different every single day. So did you see any um, results from, what results did you see from the, the different therapies and what therapies did you um, take Gracie to at the beginning before you found the Oxford Center that seemed to help the most? Um, I would say all of them were beneficial. Um, Gracie didn't like them and it was really tough for me as a mom to watch her cry through 45 minutes of therapy every week. Um, eventually we switched therapy centers and we took her to aquatic therapy when she was two or two and a half and I cried because that was the first time she didn't cry through a therapy. Um, so I think that was that was big for her because it was something she enjoyed. And then when she was three, we started hippotherapy and I really noticed a lot more progress there with her core strength because Gracie has hypotonic cerebral palsy. So she has the um, weak core and she's more the floppy type. So being on the horse. Um, so hippotherapy <laughs> is, this is what confused me. I remember this, walking into hippotherapy, there's no hippos. Um, yes. Kind of disappointed. Uh, so tell me about hippotherapy. So hippotherapy is horseback therapy. And I believe hippo might be the Greek term for, for horse or equines or something like that. But it's horseback therapy. And being on the horse, there's so many different things that you can do with that. And, you know, different positions and riding forwards, backwards, and it involves sensory. And, yeah. um, and then your body instinctively has to adjust to the movement of the horse's body. So you're readjusting um, core strength and body throughout I don't remember how many times during each session and Gracie loved it. And I noticed her core strength began to improve after that. Awesome. So she liked hippotherapy and aquatic therapy. Yes. The rest uh, were struggles. Yes. She could have done without all those. <laughs> Not that they mind. weren't beneficial, but mind. they were yeah, in her mind. Yeah. She yeah. didn't, she didn't care much about those. So what led you to the Oxford center? Um, actually you brought it up because a family member heard about it um, on the radio and you brought it up and we started looking at it. We actually watched Tammy's journey, which I cried. Um, I cry every time I hear it. I cried <laughs> the I last podcast. <laughs> and I think, you know, we just, it was something we hadn't tried before. Nobody could really give me any insight on it. Um, I was familiar with hyperbarics from my time as a nurse in the hospital. I had never heard about it for anything other than treating wounds though. And I think our thought process was, what do we have to lose? We want to do anything we can for Gracie. So let's go see what it's about. Yep. So we came up here in December of 2019. Um, we brought Gracie, um, <clears throat> which I we shouldn't have. <laughs> it was a little distracting. Um, she had a blast, though. <laughs> she did. Um, and for Gracie, it was so important for us to, because of our past experiences with therapies and knowing how critical it was for her to like the therapist and like who she's working with, um, we found out we felt like we were at home from the moment we walked in. I mean, she was giving people hugs and um, just just interacting with everybody here, and it was just it was so comfortable. And we we learned about it um, during the discovery session. It was just something new we hadn't tried before. And then when we saw it, we saw hyperbarics and we saw the intensive physical therapy program. We knew we wanted to try it. Yeah. So we um, we scheduled I think that day and started making our, our plans to come up here and, and stay for an extended stay. At that point, I think we were looking at eight weeks, yeah, um, four weeks of intensive physical therapy, eight weeks of hyperbarics. Um, and so, yeah, we made our plans. We came up here February 3rd. 
I remember we we saw so much progress in the intensive physical therapy, which we're going to talk about extensively on the next episode, um, that we signed up for an additional four weeks. Um, and uh, we did cut a, got cut a little short because of COVID, yeah. uh, but not too much. So what were some of the things um, you saw from hyperbarics and some of the things you saw from the intensive physical therapy? Um, I remember being a little bit apprehensive about the intensive physical therapy because I'm thinking like, my little peanut, how could, she, how could she handle three hours a day, five days a week? But her resiliency was just amazing to see. I mean, she just was a trooper with those those intensive physical therapy sessions. And I saw so much progress and I saw her learning to walk on um, using the parallel bars for some hand support. And she just seemed to enjoy it so much. And all the physical therapists were just so happy and bubbly and she just loved them all. And I just saw so much core strength with her and improvements and they gave me things to help with because, you know, I'm, I'm a first time mom. I don't know how to teach Gracie these things that are supposed to come instinctively. I don't know how to teach her to take those steps when, you know, a neurotypical child might just do that. And so they gave me tips and techniques on how to do that um, so that we could carry on that therapy when we went home. Um, so physical strength, I definitely saw an improvement with that. And then hyperbarics, cognitive improvement, huge. So I remember in the, the rental house we were at, it was something we'd been working on for a long time because Gracie has no sense of self-preservation, no safety um, interventions, like if she was going to fall. And I remember um, we were in the kitchen, we watched her go for the steps, and then she was just really cautious about it. And I saw her look at the stairs and scoot a little bit forward and then look again and scoot forward and put her foot over and scoot forward and put her other foot over, scoot forward. And it was just these steps that she took and then eventually she like looked again turned on her belly looked again and went down and that's a lot of steps that's a multi-step process that we hadn't seen before you know up until that point if you weren't watching her she would just try to dive her over the bed you just grab her ankle and stop her um so to watch her figure that out that is something that i can only attribute to hyperbarics awesome so uh what was your goal when you what was our goal when we started at Oxford? I don't remember that was so long ago. Um, I don't remember specifically. I mean, I'm assuming it was to for her to walk. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if that was our short-term goal or long-term or if we set one of each, but I'm assuming it was to walk and to have the best quality of life that she can possibly have. So um, we'll come back to that in a little bit. Tell me about, from your knowledge of, she, of working as um, a nurse here at the Oxford Center, First, what do you do? How do you do it? And then tell us how hyperbaric treats or relates to cerebral palsy. So um, so I'm one of the nurses here. So I meet all new families coming in. I sit with them to learn more about either their medical history or their child's medical history, specific concerns. Um, and then just figure out, or not figure out, just recommend the best treatments for them based on their conditions and their, their concerns. And then I talked to them about the therapies that we have to offer. And we, we approach so many different conditions from multiple angles that that's one of my favorite things about it. And, and no two treatments are alike, no two patients are alike. Everything's individualized. Um, so with hyperbarics, um, what it does, 
for cerebral palsy is it it does a lot. It helps decrease inflammation throughout the body, um, increases circulation because it stimulates new capillary growth. But one of the biggest things that it does is it um, stimulates the bone marrow to release more stem cells up to 800% by session 20, which is halfway through. And those are just new healthy cells that the body uses to heal and repair. So those injured areas of the brain, um, the body prioritizes and directs its healing so it can send them there to help heal and repair and become, you know, the type of cell it needs to be, you know, brain cells, tissue cells, whatever the body needs it to be, the body is in charge of this healing process. And it kind of makes sense since cerebral palsy, it's a, it's a brain injury. I don't know if you qualify as a, you would know, a traumatic brain injury. It seems like that would fit. So brain injury is essentially a wound in the brain and it's used for wound healing. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's caused by lack of, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's many causes for it, but um, but it can be caused by lack of oxygen to the brain. I mean, there's different things that can cause it. So yeah, it's re-oxygenating the brain tissue and healing and repairing that tissue. So when you see somebody with cerebral palsy um, and you do uh, a discovery session, you've collected their medical history and you've learned all about them. Um, what are all the therapies that you could possibly recommend? I know that everyone's very individualistic on what they need, uh, individualized, but what therapies could you recommend if they need them? I mean, so many. A lot of them are dependent on um, type of cerebral palsy, the severity of it, the age. Um, I mean, hyperbarics for any age, really. Um, intensive physical therapy, uh, speech therapy, occupational therapy, neurofeedback therapy, um, even uh, seeing Nicole, our functional nutrition therapy practitioner, to help optimize diet. And I mean, sometimes with cerebral palsy, they, you know, especially with Gracie low tone, we had a lot of trouble getting her to eat and to gain weight. And um, so I would think that Nicole would be able to to help optimize that and supplementation and whatever we would need. Awesome. That that's it's it's really neat to be at a place that has so many options. Um, and can really, whatever your needs are, they have a service that, that will uh, accommodate that. And under one roof is huge. I mean, you know, I was driving to a different city every single day um, to take Grace to a different therapy every single day, and everything is right here. So yeah. we would come here when we first started, come here in the morning. I mean, it became like our second home, I feel like. Yeah. Um, to do our therapies, and then everything was done in one location without having to go anywhere else, and then go home. Are there any... Um, I guess for all conditions, but specifically with cerebral palsy, are there any side effects to any hyperbarics or intensive physical therapy, anything that we offer? Are there any side effects? Um, the only side effect to hyperbarics is a small percentage of people get a blurring of the mid to far distance vision. I mean, it's typically temporary. Um, sorry, it is temporary. It typically resolves within one to two months after treatment. Oh, okay. So, so you might just get a little blurry vision. Yeah, you might be nearsighted for a couple months. Would you consider hyperbarics um, in relation to cerebral palsy like an alternative medicine? Yeah, I would. Um, I mean, it was never brought up to us by our doctors. I don't know why. Um, I just don't know. If, I'm just assuming most doctors aren't familiar with it, traditional right. doctors. Um, I wish it had been brought up because we would have brought her here that much sooner. Yep. Now, so tell me, we're going to come back to Gracie and your goal of her, our goal for her to walk. <clears throat> How did that turn out? She started walking independently fall of 2021. Awesome. So um, she was... now walks around like she owns the place. <laughs> it's very true. It was a very special moment. I, I remember it absolutely vividly. So I mean, um, she stood here for the first time. She took her first independent steps here. I mean, 
so many firsts here. And you've probably seen Gracie uh, because she's awesome for marketing because we don't have to get any photo or like we give permission. So it's really easy. Uh, and I think she's cute. So uh, she's on a lot of a lot of marketing materials and um, she does a, a good job. So what brought you um, to Oxford to work? How did how did that work out? Um, so I had left my job in 2018 as a nurse in Toledo uh, because it was just getting to be too much with with Gracie's special needs and all the therapies and her schedule. It just wasn't conducive to me continuing working. So and I wanted to give her every opportunity um, that I could. So after our fourth trip here, so we did four rounds of physical therapy, the intensive physical therapy and hyperbaric um, oxygen therapy in the span of a year and a half. So in June of 2021, I overheard um, the other nurse talking about how she was leaving. It turns out she was getting married and moving away. And so, you know, it was something we had, we'd wanted to be here. We were still in Toledo and we wanted, we saw how much progress Gracie was and we, we wanted her to be here and continue therapy. And I applied and interviewed and in a very short amount of time, um, sold our house and left our family and came up here. So, and best decision we've ever made. Absolutely. It's really there after I, I came on board as the, yeah. the director of marketing and we have the whole family here and it's it's been a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, I can definitely attest to that. So, um, so from a cerebral palsy standpoint, if you could give those struggling with cerebral palsy, whether it's them or their family members, one piece of advice, what do you think that would be? I don't know. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is is trust your gut. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people are willing to give an opinion on something they don't know anything about. And I did find that when um, we were waiting for our trip here. I, I talked to some of her school therapists at home and um, told them what we we're going to try. And what I got was, oh, my friend's kid tried that and it didn't help them. And I'm like, well, thank you. It's That's incredibly helpful. <laughs> um, but we went ahead and tried. And I'm so glad we did because I can only imagine where we would be if we if we hadn't done this for Gracie. Um, because while she was having benefits from therapies at home, she really needed that intensive approach with the addition of the oxygen therapy um, because they work so well together. So yeah. I think trust your gut. Love it. Um, my The advice I would give every everybody would be don't stop searching. You know, I, like I remember that. getting to the point where it's like, okay, this is it. So we're just in therapy five days a week. Um, and we could have stopped, you know, searching for answers, searching for alternatives and whatnot. And, and we didn't. And I, I'm glad that we, we didn't. I remember that feeling. Can I switch to that goal? Yeah. <laughs> that, that bit of no, no, it's mine. <laughs> you get your own. But I remember that feeling. I remember thinking, okay, this, this is our life now. Like we just go to therapies all the time. And, um, you know, it was one thing I remember feeling from our, our first moment walking in here and when we walked out, like I felt hope and I hadn't felt hope in so long. And I don't think you know that you have lost hope until you find it again. And it's just, I hadn't felt it in so long. It was just so amazing to have hope again for some progress and some change in Gracie's future. Yep. I, I remember that. So with cerebral palsy and hyperbarics, intensive physical therapy, um, is that something that you highly recommend 
Yes. For, for people to take a look at. Yes. Okay. It is, it's such a different approach and they work so, so well together with hyperbarics healing, retraining, especially when you're doing physical therapy and you're, you know, you're doing all, I mean, I'll let Alicia talk about it more. Um, but yes, they work very well together. Awesome. So it's definitely something that's not traditionally offered by, you know, traditional pediatricians or, or doctors. Um, but it's something that completely changed our lives and I wouldn't have it any other way. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for sitting down with me. I'll probably get it tonight. She'll be mad at me, but <laughs> that's all right. So um, we'll close out on this. Uh, thank you for watching Talk Talks. This is episode four. Um, episode five, we're going to have our uh, doctor of physical therapy, Alicia. She's also our director of, I believe, outside services. Uh, so she handles all of our therapy, speech, OTPT, and an awesome physical therapist. She is trained in the suit method or uh, suit therapy in our intensive physical therapy program. Uh, and she really knows a lot about treating neurological conditions from a physical therapy uh, perspective. So she's going to be uh, on the next episode after this one. And I'm pretty excited about that. She's she's a pretty impressive person. So um, I'd love for everyone to subscribe uh, to get notifications for our podcast. I hope you enjoyed this and we will see you next week.